0: And then I didn't realize I was gonna go that's long okay, So
1: stand if you can. We're gonna read and pray a new scripture. We get to Woo-hoo. practice it this morning. Yeah. You're like, I'm tired of that dying in Christ stuff. <laughs> Jeez. Um, okay. So uh, you know we're starting a new series. it's is a short series called Thankful. And so uh, my dad is speaking next week and um, he sent me, uh hey, I'm going to start with this prayer scripture. I said, yeah, me too. <laughs> and I came up with it right when he sent it to me. And so, um, <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna there was nothing prophetic going on. It was just like, yep. Okay. So it comes out of the book of Psalms, and it's 136, uh, 1 through 9. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read the lighter portion, and you guys are going to portion. May I encourage you? You can read it as if you're reading a dry textbook or you can read it as if it's true. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords. His His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to Him who alone does mighty miracles. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who placed the earth among the waters. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavenly lights. His faithful love endures forever. The sun to rule the day. His faithful love endures forever. And the moon and stars to rule his faithful love endures forever. Amen. Holy Spirit, it's oh, yeah. oh, this is coming to us today. some of you know, maybe some of you don't know, out of the same book uh, called Psalms, and the chapter is 139. And uh, the first 18 verses I'm going to read to you is um, being mindful of time uh, and the fact that we have to do Thanksgiving shopping and all this stuff. Um, just hang on. Oh okay? <laughs> Lord, you have examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. Amen. You know what I'm going to say before, even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the furthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I can ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you You, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you. For making me so wonderfully complex, your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me when I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. The word of the Lord is powerful. The first takeaway is God created you, and aren't you glad? God created you. Aren't we thankful for his good creation? God created you, and He cares about you, and He cares for you. God created you, and He sees you. When God created you, He did not create you by accident. The Word says that your life actually is created with a purpose and a plan. When God created you, He crafted Have you ever talked to somebody that crafted something, anything? Let's say they crafted an engine. Let's say they crafted a fine piece of furniture. Uh, Let's say they crafted a child. (laughs) Not Pinocchio. (laughs) They crafted a child. And normally, what you find in the, the creator there, the person who crafted, was this, that they are excited to show you about every little part of the creation. Aren't they? You ever been around people like this? They created something, it could be something simple, it could be something complex, but they show you parts where you're like, I mean, what does that even do? And it really, at the core of it, you're thinking, I have no idea what they're talking about right <laughs> now. But they are pumped about it. It's like every conversation that I have with Jen about technology. I'm excited, and she's like, "Hmm, cool. I don't know what you're saying right now. All right. Yeah, we hooked up the lights and then if you press like the DMX channel, 0.256, these lights will do the same thing. And then you can put these on the other channel and they all come in and they flow through this thing. But there was an interruption because we used the wrong line and then we got the DMX three pin line and we put it in and we aligned the channels correctly and all of a sudden the lights worked. And she's like, what? <laughs> a button give me something as my son says (laughs) it's your family though (laughs) but we're excited right I'm taking you guys through I'm lifting up this light I'm taking you through the addresses and the DMX and the different program modes that they can operate in, and you could care. less. <laughs> <laughs> now you like what you see, but you might not know how it works. You ever been around a computer person? <laughs> yeah. they look best. <laughs> like, some people are like, I don't. I just want to press this button and have fun. But we're we're excited. We're excited. You ever seen a kid make a simple? out of Legos, the plane, okay. they, 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 they have seven Legos put together. A long two-row one that is the wings. Yeah. Maybe two, 16, two eights that are connected and that's a plane. And you're like, <laughs> like that's awesome. Sweet. all right. And so, what I want to say is this, sum of all the parts is the whole creation, and God created you. I want us to take that in for a moment. You're not a mistake. Amen. Amen. You're not a mistake. Like your life has purpose. Yeah, but sometimes I. Welcome to the club. But I wanted to. Be But I'm not, and I'm good with that. My knees are probably going to last a little longer. But but here is the deal. God's creation, what he looks at when he sees you according to this, is that you are, you are wonderfully made. strive for what we don't have instead of being satisfied with what we do have and I wonder if we operated in the gifts that God gave us how our lives would impact others in, instead of striving for the gifts that God gave someone else right? you fearfully and wonderfully made I want to make what's going to seem like a right hand turn here a hard rate. right you guys haven't ever heard of the book of Haggai? Heard of that? Okay. It's right before Zechariah. It's 520 B.C. and Haggai along with Zechariah began to spur on the finishing of the temple. And what we see here is that the people that are coming back from Babylon at the time and the temple is being rebuilt. There's been a pause on the temple of God being rebuilt. And what Haggai and Zechariah is, they spur the people along because God is rebuking them not finishing the temple. They're neglecting what he's commanded them to do. And a remnant of God's people begin to listen to God. To hear him. To obey him. And what happens as a result of that is God pours out his favor on his people, the remnant that remained. And they begin to build the temple again. They're provided with protection. Their lives are blessed. And the encouragement is there for the builders. And blessing flows from the work. And so what we see happening here is that they move from complacency and disobedience to obedience and being non-complacent. They're like, no, like, we've got to do this. This is what God has called us to do. And we see this pattern throughout the Old Testament, don't we? Mm-hmm. And we probably see this pattern in our own lives, that we ignore God and then we say, oh, God, now you, you have the,
0: your way is actually really good.
1: And we move along this his plans. And what I know uh, about the temple is this. The temple is holy. The temple is set apart. And so I have this thought that takeaway number two is the temple of God is holy. It's set apart. It's where heaven meets earth. It's where the, the, this temple is filled with the presence of God. But then I was thinking, like, that's awesome. They started to listen. They started to obey. I would say because they started to obey, there was heart change that was taking place. They were putting the work in that God was calling them to do. And I had this other thought, which is takeaway number three, is this, you are the temple of God. That's right. What does that mean? I want to read some scriptures to you. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3:16-17 says this: "Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple." First Corinthians 6:18 and 19: Run from sexual sin, no other sin so it clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Because what? It is the temple of God. That's right. Amen. We, I don't know if you've noticed live in an over-sexualized world. Anybody notice that? Everything, right? Oh, let's buy some Mentos. Why do they have that super attractive girl on there? What does the Mentos have to do with that? Or the buff guy. Yes, do I charge them to use pictures of my body? Yes, I do. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm always in the four picture. Okay, so here is the deal. But we live in an over-sexualized world. It's reality. It's around us all the time. We have, you know, guys want to get ripped, girls want to be this skinny and look like this, and have all this pressure. And then we're going to pretend like it only puts pressure on teenagers. Hmm. I'd like to say this. It puts the most pressure on them because they don't know how to process it. That's right. Yeah. See, when you get older, you start to think maybe this way. Not in a negative way, but I just don't get two tears. <laughs> like, oh, my outfit doesn't match. Don't. Okay? Dad, you're going to go out on that? 1,000%. (laughs) Says, so now you Gentiles, these were non Jews. Now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners, you are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family together. We are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Jesus or is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord through him. You Gentiles are also being part of this dwelling where God's, where God lives by His Spirit. First Peter two four and five. You are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. through the mediation of Jesus Christ. You offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Who is thankful that God created you that God introduced the idea of the temple that was holy and set apart. Jesus then comes, He lives a perfect life, He dies on a cross, He's resurrected, the Holy Spirit comes and indwells in us and makes us into the temple of God. Amen. That's right. Hallelujah. How many of you would say that's a high calling? Oh yeah. That's a high calling. How many of you say that oftentimes we don't take that call as serious as we should? Anybody in the room? I'll yeah. be the first to raise my hand. Yeah. All right, It's a serious call. All right, Now, what we can do is we can take it very seriously and get super rigid about it. Or we can understand that the calling is also filled with grace and mercy. That when we come to Jesus and we say, Jesus, would you send your Holy Spirit to fill me and guide me in this day? That it is with grace and mercy that we step into that day. It is not on my own that I'm stepping into the day. I am following Jesus. Check this out. I want you guys to get this. I am following Jesus, inspired by the Holy Spirit who is inside of me, who is going before me and behind me, and who is also guiding me on the the sides. I want us to understand that, what's going on. The one who is calling us to him is the one who desires for us to pray to him is the one that is assisting us to pray to him. Right, right. Awesome. Why? Because we are the temple of the living God. So I'm grateful that he created us fearfully and wonderfully. I'm grateful that he knows the intricacies of all of our idiosyncrasies. And that he desires for us to come to him because he knows us. He wants to reside in us and he wants us to change to be more like him. When I give myself to Christ, as Jim was talking about, I surrender all, I start on a process of becoming more like Jesus, empowered by His Spirit. C.S. Lewis uh, writes about being fully human, and the only fully human we've ever seen is who? Jesus. Jesus is Jesus. enough striving to be good enough understanding that I'm coming as I am in order that the Holy Spirit might equip me to be who I'm going to be. You're living in an eternal in eternity right now. You are eternal. Amen. So the things that we might say, well I'm really trying to work on that. I would encourage you with this. Keep trying. You're in the first inning. Keep trying. Keep relying on God to fill you. So God has fearfully and wonderfully created us. He has set apart His temple. He, through Christ, has made us the temple. We are to be set apart, holy as He is holy. And so, what I want to ask today, uh, as we end here, is this: Will someone get the keys, please? I want them to pack the bags. also, not all, of are not going to sit back. <laughs> You guys do it, we're done. We're all taking uh, you Well, know. What I, I want to ask is this. Specifically, is, you know, who in the room would say, you know, there are things in my life that I have not yielded? I want to say for this set of people, you might be a Christ follower, a follower of Christ, and you might be saying, "There are some things that I yielded to Jesus." Now, here's what it is. This is what we have to do, and this is tough sometimes. We are so good at evaluating other people, <laughs> so good. Probably so bad, actually. We think we're really good. A real look. Can I encourage you as you take a real look at yourself that God is not afraid of that? That's right. Jesus is not afraid of it. In fact, he, he welcomes you to take a, a good look at what's going on in your life. And so, you know, if that's you, I just, can I invite you to stand, give it now? And there's nothing special. Here's what I want to say. We're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and do what He wants to do. And so that's you if you're saying, yeah, there are some things in my life that I have not yielded over to Christ. And I would, I would love, love the Holy Spirit's assistance in that. I thought you just, just stand just with me. Okay. And what I'd love uh, this for you guys to do, thank you, first of all, for standing. And secondly, I'd love for you just to um, position your heart. Anyway, now maybe you want to put your hands like this to receive, that's fine, and if you don't, that's also fine too. But let's pray. Holy Spirit.